But I just know that uh, the Lord really put this word on my heart for y'all. He actually woke me up at 2 o'clock last night and was uh, telling me things to put in my word. So I didn't get much sleep last night, but we'll just have to uh, go with it this morning. Um, just a couple updates. Um, the carpet is in the process of going in. Um, we thought we were going to get it in last Saturday, but we had some uh, unforeseen issues. So um, hopefully next Friday we're going to get it in, and next Saturday we're going to get the chairs and the sound system up and running. So hopefully we should still be in tra- on track for um, next Sunday being our first Sunday in the building. How many are excited about that? You know, every, every, week, every week I've been loading this stuff up and saying, man, this is the last week that I'm going to have to load this up. And here this morning I was like, man, for sure this is the last week that I'm going to have to load this up. But one more time it looks like. So, um, well, um, let's just open, let's just dive into the word this morning. What I'm going to do is um, I'm going to talk out of the book of Exodus, uh, chapter 13 and 14. But um, it's kind of a long story but we're all very familiar with it. So instead of like Brother Richard does and put it all up on the screen and they get lost in the middle of it, I'm just going to kind of summarize and hit the high points on each um, stuff. And we're going to take each one of those high points and kind of dissect it and see how we can apply it to our life. Okay, so the story is the Israelites crossing the Red Sea. Okay, so the Israelites just got delivered from Egypt and they're being led by God by a fire by day, I mean fire by night and cloud by day through the wilderness, and God leads them up to the edge of the Red Sea. And while they are back against the Red Sea, the entire Egyptian army is chasing after them. So they're between a rock and a wet place. (laughs) So, I mean, they have nowhere to go because they have a Red Sea in front of them and the entire Egyptian army behind them. Okay, so that's kind of the, the context of my message this morning. Let's pray real quick. Heavenly Father, Lord, I'm just so thankful, God, for Mercy Church, Lord. How I love each one of these people, God. I thank you for putting me in this place, God, to lead worship and to share your word this morning with your people, God. Heavenly Father, I just ask that you speak through me, that it's not my words, but it's your words coming through me, God. In the name of Jesus, I pray. Amen. Okay, so the Israelites are kind of in a bad spot here, okay? So how do we apply this to our life? See, sometimes... When we are following God with the cloud by day and fire by night, God leads us into some tough situations, right? I mean, we've all been there. And I wish it was that easy nowadays when I can just go outside and, you know, the cloud be just sitting there waiting for me to lead me through the day. But it's not that easy, you know. And how, as Christians, do we end up with our backs against the Red Sea? The first one is God leads us there. God actually led the Israelites to the edge of the Red Sea. And, you know, as an Israelite, you're thinking, man, what is God doing? He doesn't know what he's doing because he led us to this place and we're going to get destroyed by the Egyptian army because we can't swim across the Red Sea. You know, we've got, you know, thousands and thousands of people behind us. And, you know, what was God doing? And, you know, there's this big misconception that the world has that when you get saved, You know, everything's just going to be hunky-dory, and everything's just going to go just right. And then when something goes wrong in a Christian, they say, God is not real. But how many of y'all know that God leads us through situations to test our faith and to build our faith? You know, I've gone through some tough things before in my life, and people come up to me and said, you know, how can God do this to you? You know, how can you be following the will of God and this still happen? You know, but the Israelites experienced the same exact thing. 
And, you know, um, it says in verse um, 21 that he guided them during the day with a, by a pillar of cloud, and he provided the light at night with a pillar of fire. And th this is saying to me that, you know, when we're following the will of God and we're following God in our life, even in the midst of the darkness, even in the midst of the night, God's light, the fire, is going to lead us. You know, it doesn't matter how dark it may seem. If we have got our eyes locked on God and we have got our eyes locked in the gaze of God's eyes, he is going to lead us to the place, even though it may not look like the best place, you know, because the Israelites got to the edge of the Red Sea. They had been, you know, the fire had been or leading them to the edge of the Red Sea, and it looked like, you know, they were about to get killed. You know, it really did. But, you know, God has got a plan. So the second way that, the second reason that God leads us to the edge of the Red Sea is leading us away from trouble. In verse 17 of chapter 13, it says, When Pharaoh finally let the people go, God did not lead them along the main road that runs through the Philistine territory, even though that was the shortest route to the promised land. Okay, and you know, God sees the big picture in our life. You know, sometimes God will lead us down a road not just to make it hard and to make uh, life difficult, but he's actually leading us away from trouble. And, you know, I was trying to, uh, last night I was trying to figure out some stories to tell y'all, and I really couldn't. But uh, the Lord put this one on my heart right uh, at 2 o'clock last night. And, you know, it's really not the best story, but I'm going to tell it to y'all anyway. Um, me and my stepdad and my mom were all sitting around one day, and uh, me and my stepdad really started craving ribs. Okay, and there's only one place to get ribs in Baton Rouge, hallelujah. It's TJ Ribs. Okay, so we started dreaming about the promised land overflowing with ribs and sweet potatoes. So we decided that we were going to, uh, you know, make a reservation for that night at 7 o'clock, and we were going to go get us some ribs, you know. How many of y'all know when ribs get on the table, you can lose all your table manners? <laughs> the first time my mom brought me to get ribs, she was like, I'm never bringing you to get ribs again because <laughs> I had barbecue sauce flying. <laughs> anyway, but uh, we decided that we were going to go get ribs at 7 o'clock. So come about 6 o'clock, me and my, uh, and my stepdad and my mom, we just felt, I don't know, we just didn't get excited about it. We were just like, I really don't feel like doing it. And, you know, in my heart, I was like, you know, I really want some ribs, but I cannot figure out why. You know, I just don't feel like going. So we said, well, we'll just go later this e that evening, you know, maybe around 8 o'clock if we get hungry or whatever. We'll come to find out it's 7 o'clock that night. There was actually a shooting in TJ Ribs. And, you know, God led me away. At the moment, you know, I had no clue that it was God, you know, making me feel like I didn't want ribs because my, in my heart I was like, I want me some ribs, you know. <laughs> but God was leading me away. And, you know, if I had gone there, you know, I may not got shot, but I still, it still would have been very traumatic. So sometimes in our life, even though we have a plan, God has got a better plan. Because sometimes, you know, we don't see the big picture. We just see what's right in front of us. And we see what's, what we've done before. And, you know, I've gone to TJ Ribs before, and I didn't get shot. You know, and I got some good ribs, and I got full. <laughs> so God sees the big picture, and sometimes he leads us through difficult times to lead us away from trouble. Because, you know, if the Israelites had gone along the main road, you know, they could have just hiked right up to the promised land, you know, along the main road. But it says that the Philistine army could have destroyed them. So 
we have to keep that in mind that we don't need to get discouraged when we go through hard times and when we, you know, go through the crooked way, the long way. You know, if the, you know, we're trying to get right here and God brings us way around there, we have no idea. But God knows and we have to trust him. Okay, so the third way or the third reason that we end up as Christians with our back against the Red Sea is he wants to build and test our faith. And in James chapter 1, verse 2, it says that when we come against times of testing, that we should rejoice. You know, that's totally against what the world says. You know, the world says when we come against trouble that we should just get discouraged and say, you know what, I'm just going to give up. But in the Bible, it tells us as Christians that we are to rejoice in times of testing because we know that our faith is going to be tested and our faith is going to be stronger and our endurance is going to be stronger when we come out the other end. You know, and the fourth reason that we as Christians end up with our back against the Red Sea is so God can work through that situation and use it for his glory. You know, when God split the Red Sea, I mean, talk about some glory. I mean, just imagine, just imagine going down to the Gulf of Mexico. And the next thing you know, you know, there's just a dry spot through the middle of the Gulf of Mexico with walls of water, the Bible says. The Bible says, you know, some people say that, you know, it was just a low tide and they walked across. That's not what my Bible says. My Bible says that there were walls of water on each side and dry ground in the middle. That's nothing but God. It wasn't just a coincidence. And we're going to address that later. Yeah, I don't want to get too ahead of myself here. But, um, you know, with Mercy Church, you know, when I first came, you know, the first time I came to Mercy Church that I thought, you know, I thought I was just going to be here for one service. And y'all were like, okay, see you, see you next week. And, you know, now y'all couldn't keep me away, <laughs> even if y'all tried. But, uh, you know, when we were beginning to look for a building, you know, it, we really got kind of discouraged, you know, because so many things, the one on Pete's Highway fell through, and then it came back, and, you know, um, we had been looking for a building for weeks and weeks. And uh, one day, Brother Richard called me, and he was like, Brandon, in the last 24 hours, I've got six buildings on my desk. And, you know, that's just, <laughs> that's just God. I mean, there's no way that we have been looking for a building for, what, six months? And then all of a sudden, seven buildings come up. And I'm really excited about our new building because I really feel that that's where God wants us as a church. And we're going to be able to reach that community. And we're going to be able to see countless souls saved. Anyway, but um, so the second point is what do you do when you encounter your Red Sea? What do you do when your back is against the Red Sea? Well, the first thing to do is stay calm. Okay, in verse 13, Moses told the Israelite people, he said, do not be afraid. Just stand and watch the Lord rescue you today. Okay, don't panic. Okay, because the Israelites begin to panic. In verse 10, it says, as Pharaoh approached him. Okay, so they got led to the edge of the Red Sea, and they're standing there with their feet in the water, nowhere to go. And they look back, and they see the entire Israel, I mean, uh, Egyptian army coming after them, you know, if I didn't know that that's where God led me, I would be panicking. You know, you talk about panicking, the most fierce, one of the most fierce armies in the world coming at you full force, and you, you don't have anything. I mean, you're just, you know, just wandering in the wilderness, you know, just following the cloud. But uh, don't panic, because when you come through hard things in your life, and when your back is against the Red Sea and you begin to panic, that's where the devil comes in. You know, that's where the devil begins to uh, get under the foundation that you've built as a Christian. 
You know, he begins to get in there and erode. He, he begins to tell you lies. Well, maybe God's not real. Well, maybe God didn't lead you down this road. Maybe, you know, you went down the wrong road. But if you are following God, it's okay to come through some hard times. You know, it's okay to have some things in your life where you have to completely rely on him. So the second thing that we should do, first thing, we should stay calm. That's almost the most important thing is we should stay calm and trust in God. Because if we don't, it's going to be bad. You know, because then things are going to start falling apart, you know, unraveling even more. You know, sometimes, you know, as, uh, as humans, when stuff begins to go wrong, we tend to retreat back to a place where we can control all the variables. But, you know... <laughs> We can't control all the variables. No matter how much we think we can control the, all the variables, the only person that can control all the variables is God. And what we have to do to get, have that happen is we have to surrender and go to him for that to happen. You know, so anyway, the second point is lift your hands over the problem. In verse 21, it says, and this is what Moses is doing, what God told him to do. It says, then Moses raised his hands over the sea, and the Lord opened up a path through the water. Okay, and what this says to me is, when, uh, when you lift your hands, lifting your hands is a sign of surrender. Okay, you know when cops say, lift your hands, sucker. You, you know, what they're doing is they're saying that you need to surrender everything. And see, this, when you're panicking, that's when the devil does his best work. But when you surrender your life completely over to God, that is when God does his best work. And that's why in James 1 it says when you go through hard times, you're going to come out stronger on the other end. Because when you go through situations that you have to completely rely on God and you have to completely surrender all the variables to him, he's going to work through you and he's going to make you stronger. You know, um, the third thing that we have to do is we have to have a confident heart, okay? And one of the best examples that I've seen lately is Miss Linda. I mean, she was diagnosed with cancer, and the first time I saw her, she came in with a smile on her face, and she said, you know what? God is going to use this for his glory. And how many of y'all know and are believing that God is going to use that for his glory? Sometimes it doesn't matter how bad the situation looks. God can still turn it around and use it for his glory. You know, the Israelites being up against the Red Sea looked pretty bad. You know, it looked pretty bad, but God turned it around and still used it for his glory. And a second reason that we should have, this is still under a confident heart. Um, the second reason that we should have a confident heart is because it says in the Bible that God himself came down and fought for the Israelites. In verse 14 I'm going to read verse 13. I already read it again, but I'm going to read it again just to reiterate it. Um, it says, Do not be afraid. Just stand still and watch the Lord rescue you today. The Egyptians will see today, and the Egyptians will see you today and will never see again. The Lord Himself will fight for you. Just stay calm. And you know, if you really begin to get that mindset that when you go through problems, that God Himself is going to come fight for you. You can't get much more confident than that. You know, because there's no one better than our God. Our God is the King of kings and the Lord of lords. You know, he has control over everything, every demon, every principality, everything. And he's fighting for us. You know, sometimes as Christians, I think that we forget 
or not that we forget. I think we try to put God in a box. And, you know, we, we forget how powerful he really is. And even when we go through trouble, sometimes we do. But when we are faced with a situation like that, that's when our heart gets reminded how powerful our God is. And the fifth, well, this is kind of still under a confident heart. Um, it says um, that he will lead us to the best place to cross the Red Sea. And, you know, he could have led the Israelites anywhere along the Red Sea, but he led them to a specific spot. And if you actually look at the geography under the Red Sea, it, there's actually a plateau that they crossed on. Because it's like deep, 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 and then it goes shallow like this and goes deep, deep, deep again. And God led them to that exact right spot. And you know, I was thinking about this, and it kind of blew my mind. You know, when God created the universe, when he created earth, he created that plateau. And he knew that he was going to use that plateau to deliver his people from Egypt. You know, so that just says to me that God knows how he's going to deliver you. God knows how he's going to get you through your problem. You just have to rely on him, you know. And it says in, well, I done lost it. I don't know. I'm not going to tell you exactly, but I will just paraphrase. Okay, so it says that, you know, God was leading them through the fire and the cloud in front, okay. And then they got up to the Red Sea, and it says in, in the Bible that God got the fire behind them or move the fire behind them and that says to me that sometimes even though we feel like God isn't in front of us he's not he's not visible we don't feel like he's visible when God is the least seen that is the time we need to trust him the most because that when God is not present he's just arranging for your victory okay because God moved to the back of the camp and he was protecting the Israelites from the Egyptian army that was coming so even when we go through problems and we feel like we're a thousand miles from God and that we're just in this wilderness by ourselves, remember that you're not alone. Remember that God cares for you. Remember that God has got a plan. Okay? So let's just recap and let's just go back over what I've talked about. So when we, how do we as Christians get our back up against the Red Sea? For one... God leads us there. God will lead you into troubles. You know, it sounds bad. You know, it doesn't sound like something that, you know, God will do. But it's, he's using it to build your character. He's using it to build your faith. A second reason is he's leading you away from trouble. He wants to test and build your faith, and he wants to show his glory. And when we come against the Red Sea, what do we do? We need to stay calm. Don't panic. Don't panic when trouble comes your way. Lift your hands over the problem, surrender the problem, surrender completely to God, and have a confident heart, because God will deliver you. You know, I know that a lot of people in this church and uh, people that we know and care for are in this situation when their back is against the Red Sea. And how many of y'all know somebody right now that has their back against the Red Sea, if you just raise your hand? We're actually going to pray in a minute for them. So let's just stand up to our feet right now. and We're just going to pray that God gives us a confident heart and that God makes a path through the Red Sea for all of these people that we know and care for. Okay, let's just pray together. Heavenly Father, we just love you so much, Lord. Heavenly Father, we just know 
that you are completely in control, God. We just pray right now that each one of these people that we know and love, God, that have their back against the Red Sea, God, that they would surrender, God, and that you would open a path through the Red Sea and that you would crush their enemies with the Red Sea. Heavenly Father, we give you all the glory and all the honor and advance for what you're going to do in this church and what you're going to do through us. In the name of Jesus, I pray. Amen. Well, it was a little shorter than I wanted it, but. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, so, well, y'all can hug somebody and go eat some TJ ribs.